0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Dow Talk Weekly. This is Dow Talk Weekly, your one-stop shop for everything Dow's. I'm Tommy. And I'm Frisian. We're on episode 44, episode 44. We're getting ever so closer to episode 50. Maybe we'll have a big celebration for that. I don't know. But Frisian, my my question to you, my friend, is, is
1: the bear market over? (laughs) Or is this a bull trap? Or both? (laughs) Biggest bull trap I've ever seen. But they won't trap me. No, I, I actually, I'm feeling pretty good about this being the start of something. Um, yeah. I think there's been enough time for the ecosystem to heal from a lot of the things that went down over the past uh, couple years. And um, I think the, the biggest headwind was the U.S. regulatory environment. And that, that is obviously still a major headwind. But things took a very interesting turn this week when a huge swath of like the most important people in traditional finance all were like yeah crypto is probably going to stick around by the way you want to buy my bitcoin etf uh, <laughs> so it kind of feels like you know um the traditional finance industry doesn't actually agree with Gary Gensler that uh crypto there's no need for crypto and you should just have a central bank digital currency um and so yeah uh i think I think uh I think things are I, I see the signs of sort of a bottom there um from a regulatory perspective in the US and then I think we'll see uh we'll we'll see, you know, uh it's going to be a long road, right, to to get regulatory clarity, but I think we're kind of at the, at the beginning of that long road. So, I'm feeling good. Um I'm excited and yeah. Um I'm ready to ready to to keep building. Let's go. Oh
0: yeah. Hell yeah. Again, Never financial advice, not financial advice n f a well, you know you come to Dow talk not only for the Dow takes, the Dow updates, but a little bit of general macro analysis on the market and where we're going, where we've been where we're headed, as always this was the bear market pod. I guess we have to change that eventually soon if it if it uh
1: it's still it's still the bear market it's still the bear market still yeah, yeah but like yeah. Yeah, we got well, to keep the. It's vibes. So, we, we've reached like a really weird, painful stage where it's like it's been so long without exiting the bear market that people are just starting to give up or just run out of money, right? So like, there's a lot of st- announcements about startups in the crypto space closing shop this week, and then many more just non announcements, like quiet it's overs. Um, low key, the number of startups that were founded during the last bowl that are still alive is actually really low, um, which is hard. Um, but I'm really hoping that, you know, the folks, uh, that made the most progress, uh, will, will make it through to to the next bowl, including Tally. So, um, a lot of Uh great teams, a lot of great teams still around and building, even though it's hard to see a lot of folks having a close up shop, shop as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Happy to still be here. Happy to still be building. And, uh, you know, it's something we've talked about a lot during the bear market is like keeping those vibes up, continue to build. Um, unfortunately, it is, you know, made the best man win in the end. And, you know, not everyone's going to make it. But uh, here we are continuing on. So let's jump right into some quick updates from the Dow ecosystem this week. The Arbitrum voting period is pretty long. We've talked about this. Um, We've talked about these proposals, the first on-chain proposals from the Arbitrum DAO. I think this is week three now that we've talked about it. But fear not, dear listener, it is almost complete. AIP 1.1 and AIP 1.2 will be ending in the next one to two days. Is there a reason there is a um, not-specific time that it ends, and it's kind of a general...
1: It's because AIP 1.2 ends tomorrow, or Friday, I guess today, for the listeners. And then AIP 1.1 ends uh, the next day. Um, And that's because the first version of AIP 1.1 had an error in it. And so there's an old version that is not not going to pass and then the updated version which was created a little bit later uh is the one that is more likely to pass i think the updated aip 1.1 is already at quorum and so it will pass um 1.2 i think still has some some work to do to get there
0: i think 1.2 is at quorum as well is it really graphic on tally right now i think so yeah
1: Uh, oh nice great yeah just over quorum will you scroll up to the four votes let me see who uh, okay, so L2B voted, and then just everyone else kind of came through. That's great. Yeah, it was pretty close earlier this week. Yeah, L2B and Eric Wall um, and Sobe were all larger, and Plutus were all larger delegates who hadn't voted yet until maybe yesterday, so great to see that come through.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like AIP 1.2 and 1.1, so Arbitrum's first on-chain proposals will pass, if you're listening to this, AP 1.1 is probably already complete. Unless you're listening to this very early in the morning, if you're one of those OG Dog listeners, um, so that's pretty exciting from the Arbitrum ecosystem. We'll see um, how this plays out. Rel- it's played out relatively, you know, nondescript on Twitter. You know, it's been pretty straightforward. Not a lot of controversy, which I think is good. But also, there has been a lot of Uh, you know, participation in my opinion. I don't know how how you feel as our, our resident Arbitrum whale. Um, but any thoughts on the process or, you know, postmortems? I know it's not over yet, but what has it been like the past couple weeks? Um, what do you have to report?
1: It's been good. People are very supportive of these proposals. Um, I mean, a really high percentage of people voted in both, um, yeah, unusually high DAO particip- participation. I'd say as much as I'd like to think that's the arbitrum DAO, it's also just because like the DAO new. And if you look at almost you know, on chain DAOs, the early proposals do the best in terms of engagement. So obviously we have to keep working as an ecosystem on how to retain that engagement. But uh yeah, really, really high participation on these first two proposals, which still is crazy. Great
0: great. Yeah, it's still crazy though. Like. High participation. in The bar is still super low because, like, we're looking at tally's interface right now, and it's one point five to one point seven percent total participation rate in terms of votes cast. But um yeah, I don't, I don't have anything prophetic to say around that. Just you know, it, it is high participation, Um especially yeah. from the large
1: delegates. But that's interesting. That's probably as a percentage of the total supply of the ARB token. Yeah, which. It's probably not the right metric, actually. It's probably better to look at delegated votes. Um, Mm -hmm. That's something I'll send over to the team. Because a lot of the total supply of ARB is is locked um, in various vesting contracts and things like that. So that's something I'll I'll share.
0: Yeah, I was surprised when I saw 1.5% because all of the large delegates are are here voting. Over 500 addresses have voted. So um, live product feedback on Talk. You come here for, you know, Seeing behind the scenes, seeing how the the pudding is made, so cool shit.
1: Yeah, right. That's a great. That's a great catch, actually. Shout out to Tommy. Now oh, you yeah. know why we keep him around. <laughs> I'm not just a pretty face, a pretty voice.
0: All right, moving right along in the ecosystem. It's um, not just
1: for the, uh, not just for the CrossFit picks. on oh the T.O.
0: CrossFit always gets brought up. Oh my gosh. We're moving on. No, no talking about me. Let's talk about Uniswap. Uniswap V4 is here. It was talked about this week from Cool Horse Grow on the Tally Newsletter, Tally Newsletter number 102. Quick breakdown. Why should people care about V4? What are the big features? I know hooks are kind of like the secret sauce or secret weapon of of Uniswap V4. Um, For those who maybe aren't as technically sound or technically savvy, no pun intended. Not no pun intended. For those who aren't that technically educated, maybe I'll, I'll... Take that! I'm not super ver- well versed in Uniswap v4. Um, why should we care? What are the, the killer features of it, and why does it matter for the broader broader ecosystem?
1: I've been I've been taking in some Uniswap v4 content here over the last week or so. Super exciting! Um, I think there's a couple of things to think about, um, just as like a general. On-chain participant in the Ethereum ecosystem. So, number one, uh, they they. So, I'm going to try to say this with as little jargon as possible. Um, So, the most important feature of Uniswap is that anyone can provide liquidity. So, anyone can say, "Hey, here's a couple of tokens. Um, If you exchange them, I will like make the market on that." Um, To deploy a new token pair to and provide liquidity for it in Uniswap. The way it works today with Uniswap V3 is you use something called a factory contract, um, which is basically means you have to deploy a new smart contract with your liquidity pair, but there's a, some gas savings baked in based on uh, using a contract that already has a lot of deployments. Uh, but it's still expensive, so people are most likely to deploy new liquidity pairs when the chain is very busy and gas is really high, which then creates like a feedback loop that <laughs> it makes gas higher. And that's like, actually during the whole like meme coin mania, the summer, like the deployment and use of uni V three liquidity, new liquidity pairs is if I were to give you one reason, my like gas was high, that was it. And so, um, they have this new thing and you saw V four called a singleton contract And or a singleton and uh, you know without getting too technical especially because I don't actually understand it uh, (laughs) um, you can deploy a new pool without deploying a new smart contract it's all part of like this one same smart contract and uh, that should reduce gas fees for deploying new pools by like multiple orders of magnitude so like 90 plus percent I think Hayden said 99% on a podcast. So um, that's pretty crazy. Like that's going to be a huge needle mover for just like decreasing the total gas footprint of Uniswap, which is by far the largest consumer of gas on Ethereum. So just the gas footprint of Ethereum. Um, so that's huge. That's one. And then two is this thing called the hooks. So um, Uniswap is kind of like the primary liquidity venue on chain. But a lot of people have ideas for, like, building on top of Uniswap. And today, they basically have to, like, accept Uniswap's design fully, all aspects of it, and then, like, you know, incorporate that into whatever their protocol idea is. But with Uniswap v4, it takes a bunch of the, basically, parameters of Uniswap and takes them out of the design And then allows you to add them back in optionally as hooks. So the default Uniswap v4 is like basically a slimmed down version of Uniswap. And then the expectation is that teams, including I think Uniswap Labs, but also other teams will deploy versions of Uniswap that have their own ideas about how the protocol should work uh, via hooks. So um, that is very, very cool. As well, uh, so yeah, I think both of those things are going to change the game on chain for sure when when you saw v before support
0: in the show notes as well, if you want to go a little bit deeper on that, if anything, Frisian just mentioned piqued your interest, always go check that out, dive a little deeper, moving right along, scroll. Is now supported on Tally. We mentioned earlier in some some episodes, maybe two or three weeks ago, about supporting Arbitrum Nova, which is an Arbitrum sidechain, or more than an Arbitrum sidechain. You can go listen to that one if, you, if you're unsure of that. But Tally is now supporting Scroll as well. Um, Frisian Scroll, for those who don't know what Scroll is, describe it to them relatively quickly. Um, why you think the future for Scrolls is bright? Because I know we, we agree on that.
1: Technical research roll up Twitter has been in a tizzy really for months now, but this week they've been over in a tizzy over like what an L2 even is. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so Scroll is a roll up, it's a general purpose roll up on Ethereum, similar to like Arbitrum and Optimism, but uh, they use a different cryptographic method or implementation to create a trustless link between Ethereum L1 and the rollup. Uh specifically they use zero knowledge proofs instead of fraud proofs, which is what Arbitrum uses uh for for their rollup. And uh and so um yeah there's various like trade offs uh but a lot of people think that zero knowledge proofs are like could be slash R might be more efficient. Um but they're like a little later getting to market in terms of just like the D than than fraud proofs. Um and Scroll, yeah, they have a lot of momentum. There's a bunch of different uh zero knowledge based L2s that are gonna launch. There's two that are already live, um general purpose ones, which are ZK Sync Era and Polygon ZK VM. Scroll is a little bit later. They they're sort of like what they're optimizing for is being more EVM compatible than other options, like closer to being EVM equivalent, I guess, um, than other options. So yeah, there, people are very excited about scroll, like developers and users and stuff. So, um, uh, we are launching support for their test net. Um, but the main net launch should come later this year, which we will support as well.
0: Absolutely. I've got to keep you honest on that talk. Make sure you know what you're talking about. Get you going. um, uh, all right, we're going to end this episode with something I don't think we've ever done before on Dow Talk. We're going to live demo a feature on Tally or just talk about uh, the announcement of a new feature that's coming on Tally right now. Um, as we're recording this around 1 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, uh, June 22nd, our CEO is about to get on stage, Dennis and Bertram, and announce a new product feature on Tally, which is a feature called Swaps in collaboration with Swap. Frission as I pull up this video tell the people a little bit about swaps why it's super important for DAOs, um, and why we're so excited about it
1: yeah this is gonna be super dope so um, taking a step back I would say that that uh, treasuries are large so on tally there's over 10 billion dollars of Dao treasury funds but if you look at them the funds tend to be not very diverse so depending on the dow like nouns it's mostly eth uniswap it's mostly uni token um you know uh ens it's mostly ETH, but there's also ens token um maybe that's the one of them and they also have usdc ens probably has the most diverse treasury but even then it's like a few assets And so um, what I would say is, like, our hypothesis is that DAO treasuries are not as diverse as would be ideal or as DAOs need them to be. Um, Part of that is just, like, managing volatility, but part of it is also, like, maybe they need to pay contributors or maybe they want to get yield on a specific asset, right? And they sort of may or may not be able to do that because they just don't have that asset. So then the question is, why? Well, um, it's pretty hard, actually, to swap tokens in the treasury without breaking the trust model of the DAO. Um, you know, uh, one approach to treasury diversification would be to like, you know, send your funds to some like off-chain third party that like does the swap and manages this, the your treasury for you. But that kind of like takes the all the cool secure properties of having the trend, you know, the funds in the on-chain treasury where you can only move them with on-chain vote and takes it away which is a bummer and just not not really like our our guiding light at tally right and so um we have built a feature that makes it much easier to swap uh tokens on chain in particular um we built a custom action on tally where you can easily you know choose tokens to swap and then use uh what's called CowSwap, which is uh, a lot of people. It's, it's a really popular protocol gaining pop- popularity uh, really rapidly, especially the summer uh, as people have kind of realized the need for MVP protection, but it basically takes your order and it um, facilitates an auction um, an on chain auction. Well, technically the often au- au- auction is off chain, but the um, a trustless auction, right for, for the user um where their funds are still you know self self-custodied uh where market makers bid to fill that order um in advance and it kind of like creates a competitive market for for the MEV and ends up reducing the amount of MEV that the user experiences or slippage the user experiences um and we've taken that Calswap protocol and we've integrated it in you know into Tally so that uh, Dallas can get MEV protection uh, so they can be sure that when they're swapping tokens, they're getting like that, you know, hopefully more efficient execution um, on the swap, despite the fact that they're like broadcasting it in advance, right, for for everyone to see via a DAO proposal. So um, that's all sounds complicated, but the whole goal is we're making it easy. Uh, so any any contributor can just go ahead and create an on chain swap with MEV protection on Tally in a few clicks. So we're super stoked about this and think it will be valuable for DAOs going forward. Um, If you're interested, uh, just DM us on Twitter and we will get you set up uh, with with uh, yeah on-chain DAO swaps, on-chain swaps for DAOs (laughs) on tally.
0: On-chain swaps for DAOs on tally. Super easy, super super simple. Um, Pretty. Awesome collaboration. It kind of makes a, a ton of sense for CalSwap and Tally to collaborate using, you know, Tally's no-code platform and CalSwap's end tech. It's a pretty pretty sick collaboration, and we're excited to see, you know, what where DAOs take this in the future. I mean, it's pretty straightforward where they're going to take it, but uh, it's going to be sweet to see how, you know, it, is, it seamlessly makes, makes the operations of DAOs, more efficient and, and more safe so super exciting to see of course like we said it's being announced right now so we'll, we'll link um any uh, talks or, or keynotes or content that comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this this then it's today in the show notes i um, super excited about this product and yeah that's that's it that's that's a brand new segment on dally i don't know how often we're gonna do that but uh pretty sick to be able to do it on dow talk um frision it's been an honor it's been a busy week hopefully we, we continue these these up only vibes going forward um Continue to build, of course, keep the bear market mindset, but have you know bull market vibes going forward. Um, any closing thoughts? Let's <laughs> the go. summer solstice was it really the summer solstice?
1: Yeah, yesterday was. Yeah. What does that mean? It's a, the longest day of the year. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the technical definition, <laughs> obviously, but yeah, yeah, it's the longest day of the year.
0: Yeah. Well damn. All right. Well, happy summer solstice. Well, yeah. it's been it's been episode forty-four of Dow Talk Weekly. We will see you next week. Got another Dow Talk interview coming out next week with the founder of Stable Lab, one of the largest Dow delegates. We've all we've talked about Stable Lab a lot in previous episodes, like the butter collaboration and, and delegation week. So keep an eye out for that on Tuesday next week. Frisian, as always, it's been an honor. We'll see you next week for episode 45. Peace.